Hey, it's Rachel Cook, your modern mentor. And today's episode is both a special and an important one. It's currently Pride Month. And while many organizations have made progress symbolically, there's opportunity to lean more deeply into substance. So I invited Michelle Margulis to speak with me about her experience as a gay woman in the workplace. Michelle is the editorial manager of podcasts at Macmillan and a member of their Pride Affinity Group for LGBTQ employees. Michelle shares insights, recommendations, and actions that organizations and individuals can take to support and engage their LGBTQ colleagues and employees more meaningfully. Well, Michelle, thank you so much for being willing to join me on Modern Mentor today. Thank you so much, Rachel. It's so exciting to be on this side of things. You and I have been having some conversations about Pride Month and about the fact that a lot of organizations are really well-intentioned, right? They are telling stories. They are signaling things that feel really important. But when it comes to the actual lived experience of being a member of the LGBTQ community, it feels like organizations are maybe leaving a little bit of substance on the table. And so I think you and I are going to talk today, not in a way that is meant to be critical, but in a way that's meant to be constructive and maybe helpful to either organizations or to allies within organizations that want to be doing the right thing, but like myself, may have the expertise to know it's important, but not the experience to recommend any actions. And so that is what you have been generous enough to offer to us today. If you don't mind, I would love to start by hearing from you about what Pride Month represents for you in the workplace. Yeah, I think you summed things up very well, that there's lots of opportunities for growth. In an ideal world, I think this month would be a chance for organizations to really reflect on how they can better support their LGBTQ employees. You know, it would be a chance for leadership to get really humble and open themselves up to suggestions and to let LGBTQ staff speak to their concerns and their needs and their hopes for the future without worrying about repercussions. I think that would be a really productive use of this time. Then there's the what it actually looks like in practice. And in reality, June has become a month when lots of corporations like to publicly pat themselves on the back for making a product that LGBTQ consumers might want to buy. We see a lot of self-congratulatory marketing, and that can be pretty frustrating. But it's, it's not all bad. The Macmillan Pride Employee Resource Group is organizing um, an in-person meetup in the park, just an unofficial thing. So I'm really excited to see some of my colleagues and to use June as an opportunity to do that. And a lot of companies, including Macmillan, are announcing some genuinely cool products or books that are on the horizon. Macmillan just announced a reprint of one of my favorite books that was out of print for several years, and they timed the announcement with Pride Month. So it is a time when companies will time their announcements about things that LGBTQ consumers might want to know about, but there are opportunities to get a little bit more introspective, too. Yeah, I think that that's really well said. In the beginning, you were talking about the importance of organizations utilizing Pride Month to support their LGBTQ employees, which certainly feels really important. But I also hear you talking a little bit about what in my mind feels less like just supporting them and more about maybe empowering them and meeting them where they are and possibly, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but possibly 
harnessing the insight and the lived experience of your LGBTQ employees so that you can better meet that consumer base, right? Is there a strategic opportunity there for companies? Yeah, I I think it. you've said it very well. I think it's all about authenticity. And the best way to drill into authenticity is to actually be hearing the voices of the affected community. So I would say to leaders who are feeling inspired to do something for pride, it's good to start close to home and make sure that your organization is open and welcoming to LGBTQ staff. And that might involve asking some tough questions. Maybe, oh, sorry. I was going to ask if you could give us a couple of examples of questions you would love to be asked or you feel like organizations could benefit from asking. Yeah. There are things that range from benefits policies to just corporate culture norms. You know, ask yourselves things like, is your health insurance offering providing everything that LGBTQ employees might need? Does it include mental health support? Does it include transition-related care? Do you have equitable parental leave options that equally serve all parents, regardless of their gender? Do you have a company culture that lets employees dress and express themselves the way they like? And are employees taken seriously if they dress and express themselves in gender nonconforming ways? These are, these are questions that some employees might have a different answer than others. Not everybody will um, feel the same way, even among the LGBTQ community. But I think the first step is to ask the question for an organization to open themselves up to some gentle criticism from employees to see what they could be doing better. Yeah. And by the way, you did just say something really important, which is, and I'll, I'll put it in my words, but this community, even within the LGBTQ community, there's still plenty of diversity. It's not about organizations going on the hunt for, for the one right answer, right? But it's listening to the community broadly and just getting some perspective on where the needs might be. And they, and they might be in, in varying places. Absolutely. Yeah, I think um, it might be easy for companies to ask employees whether things are going well or going poorly. And if a few people think that it's going well, to just leave the conversation at that. But not everybody is going to feel the same way. No community is a monolith. And I would say, too, it's especially important to hear from people with intersecting marginalized identities. It is very likely that LGBTQ people of color at work will have a different experience than their white peers. So collecting all of these perspectives and figuring out how to make the experience better for everyone, even the people who are having the worst time of it, is a really good place to start. I'm trying to put myself in the place of somebody who works in an organization, maybe somebody who is reasonably senior, who happens to be cisgendered and straight and isn't necessarily a part of this community, who who might be feeling a little bit sort of overwhelmed or intimidated by all of what you're describing. And I, I wonder if you have any words of wisdom that might just be a little bit assuring or a little bit calm. This person might be afraid of asking a question in the wrong way, or, you know, what would you say to a leader who, who is well-intentioned and wants to engage, but feels a little bit intimidated or overwhelmed? Any advice? Yeah. First of all, this stuff is hard and everybody is going to make mistakes. Even LGBTQ people will make mistakes that hurt other members within the community. That's just how it goes. But allyship is, it's about listening. 
It's about making sure that if you are given some gentle guidance, to take that seriously and not take it personally, but to really reflect on what you could be doing better. When I've been criticized or asked to change my behavior, it is tempting to take things personally or to get defensive or even to say, well, I'm trying so hard and if it's not good enough, then why try? And I would encourage people to lean away from that mindset and to really remember that allyship is active and it's something that you do and you can't be an ally unless you're really taking real steps that help people. And the best way to learn what those steps might be in your position is to listen with an open mind and um, and to meet your colleagues where they are and, and do what they need you to do. Yeah, really well said. I would love it if you could maybe share a couple of examples of things that you personally have experienced in a positive way during Pride Month at, at any organization that you've worked at, and maybe one or two things that have backfired that organizations might want to be a little bit careful of. Yeah, um, I'll start with the negative and then work my way to the positive. So I, I'll speak a little bit to the first job that I had after graduation and how things have evolved. Um, my first role out of college, I was working for a tech company with a very young and sort of college-like culture. Um, and the leadership there was a lot of straight and cisgender white guys. This was 2015 also, which was a, a big cultural turning point. Leading up to that time, a lot of big brands had sort of tiptoed around the notion of allyship um, to avoid alienating any customers who weren't in support. But that was the year that marriage equality passed, and there was a growing sentiment that allyship was becoming brand safe and something that brands could capitalize on to kind of widen their consumer base. I know that sounds a little bit cynical, but, um, you know, one thing about marketing to a demographic that previously organizations had seen as risky to market to is um, a little goes a long way. And um, and at this particular tech company, I think they felt that they had a lot to prove. So during Pride Month, their big initiative was about allocating a budget to have a presence at the Pride Parade. And, you know, that I think is intended to show a message of support, but it doesn't really do anything for the LGBTQ employees close to home on the ground who might have been experiencing a tough time with that very sort of fraternity-like culture that they had at that company. Um, so I think there was definitely a sentiment that this effort wasn't very productive, especially since it involved putting money behind something. Um, and you could put that money behind a charitable donation, um, something that would make a real difference. So I, I would say that these sorts of showy displays of allyship are not the way to go and not what I would recommend for organizations. Um, I would say instead, you could focus on things like creating space for LGBTQ employees to get together and congregate internally, something like an employee resource group. If your organization doesn't offer those, might be a great place to start. I know that Macmillan has an employee resource group for this community, and I know you're, you're an active member of it. How do you use that employee resource group and how does the company support it? Yeah, it's been interesting. I have really enjoyed being a part of it. Um, there's the social benefits to it, and then there's bigger dialogues that happen through it as well. Socially, I've really enjoyed the few meetups that we have. 
had, it's great to have the opportunity to meet people from other parts of the company who might be experiencing similar or even different cultural aspects and, you know, to just make some new friends who are also interested in publishing great content. Um, and then there's also opportunities to talk pretty candidly about things that we wish were different. Um, I know that a conversation came out of this group not long ago uh, because the organization was considering changing their logo rainbow for Pride Month. Um, and a few people used this employee resource group to talk a little bit about whether that was really the best approach this month. So it's an opportunity for us to um, to sort of share each other's voices and, and figure out a consensus. And, and yeah, that's been really valuable. And also, so recognizing that each member of that employee resource group within the company is also a consumer, right? You work for a publishing company, presumably people who work for a publishing company also read and purchase books. And I wonder, have you had any opportunities or would you like to have opportunities to play a role in advising on how Macmillan engages with that external LGBTQ community? Yeah, that's so that's so great that you mentioned that. That's something that has come up more and more recently with the idea of authenticity reads, which are becoming are, are starting to have a greater presence in publishing. I know Macmillan has recently allowed employees the opportunity to add themselves to a database of possible authenticity readers. This is people who would read a book before publication and advise on whether the LGBTQ characters are written authentically whether there's anything that might be um, that might not resonate the way that the author intended. I think authors and editors acknowledging that there are limitations to writing stories about characters different than their own identities is really important. And giving people from within the company who are passionate about great books and want to help us create great books, giving them the opportunity to weigh in is such a great use of the super smart staff that we have here. Absolutely. And as I as I listen to you talk in my mind, I'm just envisioning how do you sort of take that and extrapolate it into other industries, right? And I could see this being relevant, for example, in how a company might market to the LGBTQ community, um, you know, and that could resonate whether it's financial services, whether it's a consumer product, right? It's how do you put marketing out there that doesn't feel like tokenism and that feels like an authentic conversation with people in that community. And I feel I feel like what you and I are dancing around a little bit is the fact that companies are trying to symbolize their support and their advocacy and their allyship, but there's so much legitimate opportunity to be tapped, right? When companies really allow people to show up as their authentic selves and be who they are, and then companies actually tap into that wisdom and and leverage it in a very capitalistic way. I think that there can be so much power in that. I think part of it is probably about getting over some of the fear and anxiety of making a mistake. And as I heard you say, everybody's going to make mistakes, even people within that community. A lot of what I hear you talking about asking and listening and, you know, just providing an opportunity for people to come together, that doesn't have to cost anything, right? And so there's it seems like there is so much low-hanging fruit for companies to pick, even if there isn't a budget available. Absolutely. 
everything that I've spoken about so far is just something that you can do using your own internal labor force. And most of the LGBTQ staff, or I should say at least many of many LGBTQ staff members, of course, want their workplaces to be better about this stuff. So they are often willing to, to speak out um, as long as they know that there won't be negative consequences for, for expressing an opinion. So I really encourage organizations to take advantage of the people that they already have on staff who were hired because you trust their opinions and, and trust them to have smart ideas. So what about people in the organization, I think we've touched on this a little bit, but I'd love to talk explicitly about people in the organization who they aren't in leadership roles, but they either are or aspire to be allies. They're not part of the community themselves. What's some advice that you can offer them in terms of how to really show up and be an ally in a way that is meaningful? Yeah, I would say start by just watching out for things that come up interpersonally. If you have a coworker who keeps invoking harmful stereotypes or keeps getting a, another, like a trans colleague's pronouns wrong, find an opportunity to start a conversation in private and explain why it's important to get this right. I stress that you should do that in private because the goal isn't to put someone on the spot and make them feel embarrassed. That will not help and it might make them resent being asked. So I would stay away from anything like that. But do keep in mind that if you are a straight and cisgender person, you might be taken more seriously, and some people might be more likely to listen to your voice than some of your colleagues. So when you recognize that privilege, you can use it to advocate for others. Yeah, that's really great. And have you felt in your professional experience, like you've personally had to do a fair amount of advocacy for yourself? Have you felt like since 2015? And it's interesting, I certainly have a few years on you. I graduated college a bit earlier. I still remember my first few years in the workforce. And, and by the way, I live in the Northeast. And so it may be different even today in other parts of the country. But when I first entered the workforce, I remember having gay colleagues who who weren't out and did not feel safe at all being out, which was heartbreaking then. It's heartbreaking now in my memory. And I'm just curious what your experience has been in terms of having to advocate for yourself and, and how that's gone for you. That's such a good question. I have had a few instances where I've needed to say something to a colleague, but I think I've been lucky that it was only interpersonal matters. And I know how things used to be very different. I know people who have been in the book world a lot longer and things were not so great when they started. But for me, the experiences that I've had where I've needed to advocate for myself were generally things involving correcting a coworker who had a mistaken understanding of what different LGBTQ identities were. So now we've talked a little bit about how people can be allies. I think that's great. I think that's important. So... We talked a little bit about things that organizations can be doing absolutely for free. And by the way, things that organizations or just citizens within an organization can be doing at no cost. But these days, a lot of companies do have at least some budget allocated towards the LGBTQ community and Pride Month in particular. If you were managing such a budget, 
whatever the number is, what are a couple things you might allocate it towards? Yeah, I I will say the absolute best thing that a company can do here is make a donation to help LGBTQ people in need. And, you know, I, I understand that's not as flashy as a float at a parade or a big ad campaign splashed with rainbows, but counterintuitively, I can authentically say that a donation will be better for business. Making a material contribution shows a kind of support that your customer base will respect more because it actually matters. There are so many organizations going the rainbow ad campaign route this time of year, um, and people, people would rather see something that means something. So I strongly encourage leaders to do some research on charitable organizations that help LGBTQ people and make a donation to one that feels right. So um, a few organizations that accept donations include The Trevor Project is a suicide prevention hotline for LGBTQ youth. Trans Lifeline is a hotline for trans people of all ages that provides mental health support. The National Black Justice Coalition is the leading civil rights organization for Black LGBTQ people. Um, and GLSEN, that's G-L-S-E-N, creates education curricula that affirm and support LGBTQ students. Thank you so much for sharing those. Some were familiar, some were not. So that was really enlightening. I appreciate it. What about interior to the organization? Is there, do you have any recommendations on how companies might spend money to implement programs or support networks or anything internally? I would say that a good place to start is asking employees what it is that they would like from you. And maybe if there is something specific that costs money that might be worth investing in, I wouldn't give a blanket recommendation to try something like a sensitivity training or something like that. Those are not always great. And if you're working with staff base that is not welcoming of the idea, it might even backfire. But yeah, start by asking people what they would like and see if it's something that you can do to meet them where they are. I think that is probably always the right answer in any circumstance, right? Ask your employees what it is they feel like they need. Amazing. Michelle, this has been absolutely enlightening for me, and I so appreciate your willingness to do this with me. Do you have any last sort of words of wisdom or advice? Is there anything I haven't asked you that you feel like you've got this platform? Is there something you'd like to do with it? I suggested that organizations give back. If you work for an organization that doesn't have that budget and you still would like to make a difference and your employer has an employee match program, I encourage individuals to go ahead and make that happen. Or if you can't donate money, you can organize an employee-led volunteering effort like phone banking you could also organize a donation in kind. If your company makes a consumer good, maybe you can donate some units to a charity. So really, I encourage all individuals, regardless of their title within their organization, to reflect on what they can do to help. Um, and if absolutely nothing else, then just um, meet your LGBTQ colleagues with respect this month and every other month, um, as you should always be doing. Amazing. Thank you so much, Michelle. Thank you, Rachel. This was, it was so fun to talk to you today. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Michelle. Her experience and opinions, of course, are only her own. But as she says, the first step is asking and listening. I hope I managed to do that for you today. Have a question I can answer? 
Check out all the links in my bio for ways you can reach me. You can also visit my website at leadabovenoise.com or follow me on the Modern Mentor Podcast page on LinkedIn, where I share exclusive tips, videos, and musings. Join me next week for another great episode. Until then, thank you for listening and have a successful week.